Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. got married so she had photos from her marriage on her phone and she's like could you take those off for me it's like sure I'll, i can do that so i'm going through the photos on her phone and it's like oh that's job photo job photo job photo oh look a bunch of people drinking in the bar that's the wedding photo. that's the end of the wedding photos so there scan through like 60 photos it was insane <laughs> and there's the first photo right mm-hmm highlight them all, send them to the device, copy them to the thumb drive. And they're kind of running in the background, running in the background, running back. And I'm doing work over here. And I look up because one of them catches my eye and, and it's, it's like, it looks like two giant legs. Okay? Oh no. And I'm like going, what the hell is this? So I wait for it to load. I go find the thumbnail that looks like two giant legs. They got married with kilts. And so the, that photo was them at the bar, each one lifting the other one's, um, kilt up and I was I was I was like oh I gotta go wash my eyes out with bleach now <laughs> oh no and the bleach it does nothing because <laughs> no. <laughs> you really have to get it in and scrub your brain to make yeah it yeah you gotta you to defrag that and it's hard <laughs> to do <laughs> you gotta do that and, and, and one of the weird things about the stroke is that there's certain parts of my memory that are actually better than before oh no and that's one of them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like you close your eyes and think about it. it's like yeah there it is i could see yeah, it now big fat not... red drunk faces smiling at the camera and these oh. big white asses <laughs> oh my and that's how we're going to start episode 19 of slurping at the to- camera like that <laughs> no 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 i can see it stop the the vertical Ooh. smile. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I think we're done now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, uh, there's, there's your titles Vertical Smiles. Anyway. Yeah. Vertical <laughs> Smiles, and we're done. Um, um, so, how was your trip last time we talked about you were going on a little baseball roadie? Did you have a good time? Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. We've gone to Phoenix a couple of times. Um, Kristen used to train out there every March. Oh, that's a good timing. So, so she would train like Monday through Tuesday. I would fly out like, you know, Wednesday night. And then we would, you know, maybe spend the weekend out there. We've So we've done Grand Canyon, Sedona, a whole bunch of little towns around Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, one or two baseball games every time we've been out there. I used to do, uh, be able to have access to, uh, not the Cactus League, but, the Florida Great league because yeah because Laura had a thing with her old company that where they would do about that same time every year they would do a a big you know client meeting put on the Ritz kind of thing and mm-hmm. one year it was at uh, uh, the place in La Jolla with the great golf course um I can't La Quinta is that it maybe okay. I don't uh, we did that one year rented a convertible so while she was in. And, oh yeah, uh, I remember this. I yeah. drove around San Diego with the top down, and then uh, one year, a couple times, it was in Florida, and I could never quite make it make it work for baseball. But I did actually get one spring training game in one year 
I got to go to a Red Sox training game on uh, St. Patrick's Day, so I have all the green Red Sox gear. <laughs> I have a green so, Dodgers hat. <laughs> that's weird. That. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, while you were living it up uh, in, in uh, the sunny desert, I was getting a colonoscopy. So, you know, as we oh. have ongoing health concerns as one of the themes of our podcast in our middle age. Um, <laughs> everything's fine. The prep still sucks. I'm good for yeah. five years. And I got to watch uh, King Kong 76 in its entirety, which may have been a mistake because now I don't think as highly of it as I did before I watched it again. So I still don't know how I got my father to take me to see that when I was, what, seven or eight. But uh, he must have been in big trouble with mom or something because like the uh, – the uh, deep throat jokes went right over my head and I'm like, wow, did he catch that? Did he know that at the time? And Oh yeah. And he, I, your parents probably know. Yeah. And it was, it could confirm what I thought when I was a young man that we do in fact get to see Jessica Lang's boobs in her first job or boob singular as. I think as, it's just one, right? Yeah. Out or something. Yeah. As, as rape ape is sort of molesting her. Um, <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I literally in my mind started calling him rape ape, rape ape, rape ape. Um, <laughs> It's a little creepy because yeah, because it's a guy in a monkey suit, so you know he's like the the facial expressions are leery guy faces. Booby, <laughs> booby. Um, yeah. So, but <laughs> it was a little weird to watch that again. But it, uh, it was in preparation for the new one. Um, <laughs> What'd you think of the new one? It was pretty much what I expected it to be. It's not going to win any awards, um, but it sure felt like a kid sitting there watching it. That was fun. I, uh, I, the, the, the plot was horrible. There were so many holes you could have driven a Mack truck through, but you got three throwdowns between the monkey and the lizard. So, I mean, I got what I went for. I, I, I we saw the preview cause we did go to the movies and saw the Tom Holland man chaos unleashed or whatever the fuck that thing was called. Um, and, uh, yeah, they did a preview for Kong and my reaction was just, Oh my God. And I, I felt bad for some of the actors who were like, we have to get Kong. He'll save us. You know, it's like, yeah. you, you, you're sitting there going, yeah, I'm getting a paycheck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's like, yeah, you know, at some point it's check cash. You know, some of those people are kind of like, you know, mid-level. Kyle Chandler, he's always going to show up if they're making one of those movies because that's a good check for him. Millie Bobby Brown at some point is going to price herself out of being in sequels. She's not there yet. He's close, probably. <laughs> Um, and then the, the, um, the guy, have you seen it yet? Am I ruining any, ruining anything? No, not at all. Not at all. So there's the guy who he's on, uh, he plays the rapper on, uh, Atlanta, which if you've never seen it is excellent. Um, and he's like the conspiracy theory blogger, podcaster, uh, who kind of like ties all the threads together and he's really good in it. He's, he's, he's an up and comer and I can't think of his name right now, but he's really good. So yeah, I mean, I don't know that there's a monster verse left after this. I don't know where they would go necessarily, but um, unless they go like do prequels, they certainly could do prequels. I'm not sure okay. what the forward momentum is because they burned Ghidra, Rodan, Mothra, um, all those in the second Godzilla movie. Um, oh, okay. Did you not see that one either? I didn't know there was a second one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah they threw they and the first one you know they threw the 
we just made this shit up to throw something at him monsters right, yeah the, the the kaiju or whatever they yeah, call yeah them. so the rodents they, yeah, yeah so rodents of like enormous unusual size, size. yes yeah. exactly <laughs> Um, maybe that's where they go with the next one. I don't know. But in the second one, they grabbed all your big name Godzilla baddies and kind of threw them all at him in mass. So they kind of burned through all of that. Um, I'm kind of wondering how I missed that. <laughs> I'm kind of wondering that too. It was kind of a big damn deal. King of Monsters, Godzilla, King of Monsters came out about four years ago, I think. I don't know. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't know. Maybe I thought it was like a Japanese version. and I don't know. It's all good. It was it was okay. I mean, I've seen it once all the way through, and it's one of those I'll stop on if it's on TV. You know, it's, okay. it's in that category. It's not great. It's not terrible. It it is. It's way better than the first one that they did. That I will give. The first got the first Godzilla was yeah. It was terrible. Tough to get through. Yeah, and the funny thing about that one is, uh, I saw the beginning three times on the same day. So the first <laughs> time we we went to see it, and it was a 3D feature. Uh, because I think that was like the one we could get tickets for that morning. Uh, and something happened to the projector. The 3D wasn't working. It was all like, you know, clockwork. All over the... Yeah. It would just, so they stopped it. They give us tickets to the next one when they get it rebooted. We, we wait. We go in. But while we were about five minutes into the feature, um, my mom calls. It's a Saturday, you know, mid-morning, which is weird. I, I ignored it. She called twice more. So then I caught when I got it. My dad had been admitted to the hospital. I don't remember what for. So we mm-hmm. bolt and I've stopped the manager. Like, hey, my dad just got admitted to the hospital. Got to go. Can we get rechecked? Yeah, sure. Okay. He gives me four tickets. Nice. Um, yeah, it was, a t- it was a solid thing to do. And uh, so we go to the hospital, <laughs> hang out. Dad's fine. And I don't remember what it was. It was nothing major. So we get out of there. And I'm, the boys were younger then. But, you know, like, can we go back and see Godzilla? Okay. Well, we got tickets. <laughs> So we go back for the third time. <laughs> so we kind of ignored the intro the first 15, 20 minutes the third time because we'd seen it twice already uh-huh. in varying degrees of legibility. But uh, yeah, so that one, yeah, I didn't care for that one that much. They killed Brian Cranston way too early. Yeah, well, that, I, well, that might be why I didn't like the first one either. It might be why I don't remember the second one ever coming out. <laughs> <laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Um, let me see what else I wrote down here. So we covered baseball, we covered colonoscopies, we covered Kong. Um, yeah, baseball is great. Not only did I catch the last season uh, uh, spring training game, right? But we we flew in at one thirty on Thursday afternoon, drove to the house, dropped off Babe, got back on the highway, and made opening day. <laughs> nice. That is tight <laughs> scheduling right there. That is quality. Uh huh. And as we walked into the stadium, uh, the Rangers hit like a base clearing triple because the new left fielder misplayed the ball. Oops. Uh, and, 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 and the score has now run up to like, you know, four to nothing. And, and you're just first like, oh. inning? Yeah, first inning. Ooh, that's it was never the, good. Yeah, so you're just like, oh, this is going to suck. We settle in. They score five. We score five. The first inning takes an hour. I believe they threw a combined 120 pitches. Oh, how many pitchers did they go through? Uh, they'd been through six by the time the third inning rolled around. Each At, side or combined? combined? Combined. Okay, okay. Just clarifying. So the, the total game time on the uh, 14 to 10 slugfest or the, was like four hours and 20 minutes. Wow. 
Christy would be like, what time is it? I'm like, it's, uh, it's six o'clock. She goes, what inning is it? I'm like, it's the fourth. <laughs> We've been here almost three hours. <laughs> Take the hands off the clock. We're going to be here for a while. Yes, we, we saw, I don't know. I think by the time it was done, they went through 10 pitchers combined. Uh, there was one inning, the Royals were at bat. There was a guy on third. The bases were loaded. Sorry, let's just do that. The bases were loaded. And I realized at that moment that any run that gets knocked in is unearned. <laughs> <laughs> I look up, I go, there's not a, there's no ERA on the base pass. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, that's a walk on third, and that's two hit matters. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that fun when you can do that math in your head? I'm like, I'll, I'll, I've done that before with Laura. We'll be sitting there in some god-awful Astros game, just lopsided one way or the other, and I'm like, See, there's no reason to take him out because none of those runs are going to count against him. Um, exactly. If we're worried about in. ERA, it's just not happening today. <laughs> Of course, if we're in this situation, somebody else's ERA is probably taking a beating. You know, yeah, poor guy walks in with yeah, three on and no outs, and then a crack gives up one bad hitting, pitch. Yeah, one bad. Yeah, I always like the idea of like when um, you know, like a guy talks about the, you know, he's walked the bases loaded, you know, type of thing, and then he throws a pitch out there over the plate, gets put out you know, 400 feet out in the left center, you know, whatever. And uh, they're interviewing the guy and he's like, yeah, well, you know how baseball is one bad pitch. And it's like, no, you walk two. That's eight bad pitches plus the home run plus the three pitches for the guy before that's 12 bad pitches, not one. Uh, math is hard, man. It's not, that's not, a, that, that's an unwritten, ba- that's an unwritten baseball math rule right there. You don't count the ones before the one bad one. Don't count the 12 horrible patches. Exactly. Yeah. Just the one big fat juicy one right down the center of the plate. That's the only bad pitch I threw. Yeah. The rest the of two, them, I was painting the corners and working the count. The two, I, the two breaking balls that landed in the dirt before the plate, <laughs> the other two that were so far out, it was, was just the mascot territory. <laughs> I was just, I was trying to get him to chase. <laughs> That's what they'll say. Try to get him to chase. Don't want to give him his pitch. You just that wait was, to give the next guy his pitch? What? I don't. <laughs> You're saving that for somebody? <laughs> Do you owe him money? Because <laughs> you just, yeah. <laughs> like I said, it's always, it's like, no, that was not one bad pitch. We were talking about baseball today, and I was talking about being a season ticket holder for like the last almost 20 years now. Nice. Okay. And how many bad games I've seen. And, and you, you know, that's like, I go, there was the one time Carlos Beltran he took like three steps up the wall in center field, you know, like in a karate movie where they jump up three and then they do the backflip. Right. But he like ran up the wall, made a play like, I mean, almost a whole body length above the wall to rob a home run. Amazing. Fantastic. But to counter that, I saw a game where the first baseman wasn't paying attention and got drilled in the back by the cutoff throw. And as a result, two runs scored while he's lying there writhing in pain, <laughs> and the ball is just sitting uh, there. Uh, oh, that's good. Uh, I hope he went back to AAA the next day. Or double oh, no. A, maybe even double A at that point. Oh, no. Oh, no. This guy was like a big hitting prospect because he had it's, like – Was many... it Sweeney? 
no is Ken Harvey. Um, okay, I remember him. I remember him. He had like some weird grip, but and, and when he made contact, I mean, he put it out there. So we were there when he got hit in the back with the cutoff throw. Uh, a game, a couple games later, where he tripped over the tarp and got stuck between the tarp and the wall and ended up on the DL for a week. <laughs> and oh, in my wow. time, that yeah. is some pretty quality snake bite right there. I think one of my favorite ones is uh, Jason Grimsley. He's got a two-run lead. He's got two outs. He uh, loads the count, and he just misses low. And, in fact, he, he, it was a strike, but the you know ump called it a ball. He then goes full tilt. He's got one guy on. This guy just walked on. He is livid pissed. The next nine pitches he throws are all balls. Oh, God. He walks run one run on him, and it gives up like a two or three run shot. I mean, it was just like whoever that, was, you should have just pulled him after the call. Wow. And just, oh, yeah. So, See, I got to live through some really bad Astros seasons. Um, I remember when they signed Mitch Williams to shore up the bullpen as a closer. Oh, my. What? <laughs> you know his nickname is Wild Thing, right? And it's not because he likes the song, and it turned out that was the season Wild Thing imploded, and he imploded fast. I don't think he made it to the break. He was gone. He retired. It was it was awful. They would. I mean, and that was exciting because I dug that that uh, you know mulleted Phillies team. They were fun to watch. Uh-huh. And Williams comes in, and I just remember it was like watching Boulder. And that ball was everywhere, but over the everywhere, but over the plate. And he was gone by the break. And let's see what other good ones do we have. Oh, I was there the night that uh, Albert Pujols ruined Brad. Uh, ruined. Yeah, it was Brad Lidge he ruined. Just destroyed the man's career in a playoff game. And uh, he, it was one of those situations where uh, we were up by one or two, and I think there were two on. And Pujols has all, always had the Astros number. It didn't matter who was pitching. It could be a Cy Young winner. It could be Mitch Williams. He still managed to put it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And Lidge hung one over the corner. And oh, Pujols no. just <laughs> tattooed that thing to – Damn near the deepest part of Minute Maid Park. I don't, know, I don't know if you know how Minute Maid Park is laid out. They've got, they, I think they've changed it now, but they used to have the, those flagpoles out in dead center because it was so deep. No one ever ran out there. But it was right. just to the, to the left of that, <laughs> over the wall, oh, over the man. train, out into the night. And Brad Lidge was never the same pitcher again. He, I mean, I think they traded him within nine months. He was gone and – his his career never recovered. It was literally watching watching one man destroy another one's livelihood. It was terrible, just <laughs> terrible. I, I still don't like Albert Pujols for the things he did the, to the Astros. They are uh, against God in nature. But uh, yeah. now on the plus side, I've got to see Schilling pitch. Mm-hmm. I got to see the Rocket uh, Clemens pitch. Mm-hmm. I got to see Randy Johnson pitch. Um, and you, it's amazing to see those three guys, especially like Clemens. Uh, who, who, you know, how like some of these guys appear to just basically are going to somersault off the mound right. and end up somewhere in the, in the foul lines. <laughs> Clemens is just, whoop, and I mean, it wasn't, you know, the arm just kind of whipped and the body didn't really seem to move that much. It was like real, a tight economical. Randy Johnson's the same way. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's also he's seven so, feet tall. So say, but that stride is awfully long. <laughs> yeah. He's damn near at home plate when he lands. 
Yeah, because I know we've talked about it before. The Astros rented him for a playoff run one year, and that was so much fun to go see. Because he, I mean, nobody in the National League at that point had seen him because I think it was before interleague play. So unless mm-hmm. it was somebody who had, you know, come over from the American League, he was blowing through rosters left and right because they, you know, they had not seen enough of him to be ready for that delivery, that crazy seven yeah. foot frame with the mullet flapping behind it coming just, at you just the fucking <laughs> speed he threw at i mean good lord so that was fun it didn't get us to the, any past the first round of the playoffs but it was still fun to watch um and then he went somewhere else for big money i think he went did he go to i think he went to the yankees i think we, we have that's the, where i saw him yeah I the astros have the always been like that stop between small market and the yankees tink 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 <laughs> beltran did it johnson did it um a couple other people did it. i can't think of who else but yeah it's always been sort of a we're like the uh 4a affiliate of the yankees sometimes um, yeah uh, yeah beltron oh i you know i went to go somewhere and win a world series oh and you signed a major contract with the mets okay <laughs> his wife wanted out of houston and into new york she didn't care and the fun the greatest irony of that is he he won his world series ring with the astros when he came back <laughs> <laughs> Bang, bang, bang. Um, <laughs> see, I saw Johnson. I've seen Schilling. I've seen Clemens because Clemens and Johnson were yeah. both Astros for a while. Also got to see Maddox. You want to talk about precision pitching and economical oh. delivery. God, that guy was just – it was a clinic every time he pitched. Uh, so I got to see, you know, all the, the big four for the, the 80s, for the 90s, 2000s, uh, Braves, mm-hmm. Glavin, Maddox, Schmoltz, and to a lesser degree, obviously, Avery. Um, nice. Yeah. I, I've seen the, the A's, you know, lineup of money ball pitchers. <laughs> it's just like, God damn it. We can't hit this kid. It doesn't matter where he plays. <laughs> and they traded him to, Oh, the white Sox, Fantastic. 18 games. So we can know. see him even more now. <laughs> I wish they'd scramble the divisions up just from time to time. Because oh, I'd be I, all in favor of that. You know, they play, you get all the same interleague, the same team. So it's like, okay, yes, I, I, the White Sox, hate them. Detroit, hate them. Twins, nice people. Indians, nice people. Um, but, you know, I could do it without – I told you this. I was, like, looking at my opening day baseballs. Mm-hmm. And out of, like, the 15 that I have, you know, eight of them are the White Sox. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it seems like we always get, like, the Cardinals who are or you're at least used to who were, like – are, I mean, I know they wanted the Cubs and the Cardinals to be the the, the big uh, divisional rivals, but at that point in time, it was Astros, uh, Astros Cardinals because the Cubs had blown up Prior and the other two pitchers they had Wood. All those arms were shot, so they weren't really contenders. The Reds were rebuilding. The Pirates have been rebuilding for twenty years. Yeah, it's uh, a very long time. I think since <laughs> Willie Stargell, I believe, but. Um, it's the, when they ditch the, 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 the square the, hats, the, hat, the square hats, see, bring back the square hats. And uh, I, I love back the magic. <laughs> we are family, baby. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we had, we had it with the, and the Cardinals jerseys. <laughs> best jerseys. And you gotta have Jersey you gotta have, vests. <laughs> you gotta have that one long skinny dude as a closer who throws the ball sidearmed and brings it from his ankle. Remember Kent Tacolby? Oh. <laughs> he yeah. pitched from his from his from his asshole to his ankles. <laughs> <laughs> and those he got guys the job so, done. 
Well, yeah, the ball is like coming <laughs> up off the ground at people. It's a bizarre thing to watch. I can only oh, imagine what well, it's like it? to be in the plate at the plate to see that come out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sign up to play girls fast pitch softball. What is going on here? <laughs> Saying that, by the way, with all respect for those girls who throw fast, the, the collegiate level softball, because that shit is crazy. They had to change the rules in collegiate softball after we got out of college because the girls, the pitchers were so effective that it just killed offense. Like they, I mean, they move people around. They they change counts and things. I don't know what all they did, but we like USL had had a girl from Friendswood, Texas, where my parents live, and this was before they lived there. But she was like an all American, and I was interning at the TV station, uh, so I did a lot of you know covering those games and the baseball games, and it was crazy to watch her pitch, man. She, like, and we did a thing where the sports anchor said, "Oh, I can hit this." Oh no, you can't! And like allowed himself to be embarrassed on television because she was just blowing him by him. I mean, just he was like, "It doesn't look right. You can't. You, you're you. We're used to this, this. and it's doing this, and it rises and breaks. And it's like that's unnatural. So yeah. By the way, I'm not not denigrating fast pitch softball in any way because I know those girls are the real deal. No, that, that here's the thing that I wonder about. It's like I know that you know overhand pitchers rip up their elbows and their mm-hmm. shoulders that windmill motion i would think would just eventually completely rip your shoulder apart it's got to destroy it it has to yeah i don't, I don't know for a fact i mean but, well i think the other part of that is they don't end up playing as long quite honestly okay i mean think about it once they're done with college there's no professional league yeah, exactly they're so there, that's the end so there there's another 15 to 20 years of wear and tear on the arm that they're avoiding yeah. I mean, I, it's just a theory. I don't have any proof to back that up, but that's my theory. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so there's baseball chat because we got to get that in. Yeah, um, we got to get that in. Um, <laughs> I wanted to circle back to something we talked about on the last podcast. Moon um, night? <laughs> well, we'll get. Do you have any Moon Night news? I don't have any this time. Uh, did I oh, show you do it. My... You 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 promised to bring it this time. Yeah. Give me a second. All right. Steve's going to fulfill our, uh, our Moon Knight quotient for the evening. Hold tight. He's going into a dark room. It appears to be his storeroom. Uh, he's not turning on any lights, so he knew right where it was. He's on his way back, and uh, he's going to present us with this week's Moon Knight outing. I did play-by-play play of, play of your uh, departure. Okay. Yeah. He went up the stairs. He went in the storage room. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. No lights okay, needed, so, so we knew right where it was. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so, uh, okay. It'll be our Funko moment, too. Oh, we'll Is double it, up. You know. Yeah, so Funko does uh, the Marvel zombie line. They zombify a bunch of their characters. Right. And I've read them up. So it's one of those alternate lines that, like, extends the life of the, you know, the the the, the Marvel licensing. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> You know, like how for a while the Batman, the animated series is like Batman, Batman, Jungle Batman, Camel Batman, Ice Batman, Fire right. Batman. Yes. <clears throat> so same thing with the Marvel Universe. You have Marvel Universe, then there's the Venomized Marvel Universe, and now the Zombie Marvel Universe, which they've been doing for a while. Um, now, I like Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is particularly like the best thing that they've ever done. Okay. But anyway... <laughs> they have done these zombie moon night. Okay, I kind of like that he's eating through his cowl. 
I do yes. like that. And I was just looking at it. It's actually hollowed out back there. So there's some depth. Those aren't like painted on teeth. Oh, wow. Okay. There's like a whole sculpted. He's, yeah, this would make for a compelling visual. He's coming for me, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. I mean, you mentioned it last time that he was in imminent. So I'm glad we got to see him. Yes. And, you know, he was a Funko shop exclusive. So everybody who didn't get one complains that the bots got them all. You know. You're not a bot. I can verify this. I am not a bot. Here, let's break all the rules. Oh, my God. Did you hear that, Funko Collectors? That's him opening the box and rattling the plastic within. He's a monster. That's the thing. I am a monster. It's the funny thing is, like, the boxes, you can open the boxes with, with practice and, and not damage the box, right? Right. So it means you can take the toy out and see the back and the front of it. I met a guy who, or, <laughs> this is a guy online who said he would take a black light and he could tell if there were fingerprints on the plastic and how he would know that that meant it had been, it was like, dude, get a life. No kidding. Oh, he's a bobblehead too. Oh, yeah, all the, oh because of licensing, all the Marvel uh, pops are bobbleheads. I did and not know again, that. Yeah. Uh, some of the Star, the Star Wars are too. But anyway, uh, and there's the back since nobody ever, ever sees the back of one of these things. Oh, it's all uh, zombified too. It's zombified too. I think Actually, those are I think those are factory seconds of the original Moon Knight run. They just redid. <laughs> They're doing another series. <laughs> uh, who, somebody, uh, Steve McNiven, I think uh, the artist posted like his cover for the new Moon Knight number one. It's like, oh my god, again, again, again. Are they again. really doing it again? Are they? Are they really? <laughs> yeah. Oh lord. All right. Well, at least we'll have more to talk about. So. That's right. I think they're doing it to tie into the TV show or no, something. Okay, so it'll be more MCU. That'll be interesting to see how they MCU eyes Moon Knight. That will be interesting. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Because I have noticed they're allowing uh, Bucky uh, and the Falcon to curse par- fairly liberally for Disney Plus on Yes, they uh, have been. Falcon and the Snowman. Falcon and the Snowman. And then you see that today Marvel released the Zemo cut. <laughs> Which is Baron what? Zemo in the they an extended dance uh, scene with Baron Zemo? Oh no! Where they're, the, they're Madripoor? Okay, <laughs> it's just Zemo doing the whole like, guy <laughs> dancing thing. <laughs> I have not seen that, but I will be looking for it. By the way, I loved that they finally introduced Madripoor to the MCU. That was my favorite thing. Well, okay, Zemo was pretty damn good, but that Madripoor now exists as it should in the MCU opens up so much storytelling for like the this the, well the, the, <laughs> them and just this kind of level of espionage you know genre character let's go with that because you there can do shang chai shang chi however you say it in in madripoor it makes perfect sense and maybe it's why they've done it you know you know what you're right also can we just talk about how good the loki trailer makes that show look oh, can, God, I, yes. can i can we just get through this so we can get to loki <laughs> please um yeah i mean i you know i i was uh kind of looking forward to wandavision and it was okay i did not really wasn't that interested in you know the bucky and sam show but i am enjoying it uh a thousand times more than wandavision um but loki is the one i'm very excited for owen wilson and 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 hiddleston i think um it just <laughs> the other night my wife said 
lucky break for uh, Owen Wilson. I said, yeah, the butterscotch stallion has kind of fallen on hard times. So I'm sure he was glad to take whatever they threw at him to play second banana to Tom Hiddleston. Wow, yes. man. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of stabbing me in the back right now. <laughs> no, <I'm> not. <laughs> yeah, you are, man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the chemistry there has some significant potential. It really oh, yeah. does. I, I, I am very much looking forward to that. I think that will be fun. So. Uh, yeah. Let's see. I'm just making oh, you're going to circle back since I. Oh yeah, uh, we last time we talked about um, the uh, the economics of being Batman in the new DC universe. Or oh yeah, you reboot. said you found out how he went broke. So yeah, I went back. <laughs> I did the research. I had a couple of weeks. I had to wait for my uh, library borrows to refresh at the first of the month, but I have finished everything up until the reboot, so I know what happened. So, and it's as convoluted as you would think it is, quite frankly, but um, I read the Joker War and the piece before it would kind of set everything up. So long story short, um, there was a pact made many, many years ago in continuity by the big four Batman villains with someone called the, uh, shit, I forgot what his name was, doesn't matter. Um, A new villain that, you know, had made a pact with them to tell them how all how to achieve their ultimate Defeated Batman? Yeah, pretty much. So okay. long story short. Yes, yeah, so we go through all this. Um and by the way, they killed Alfred in City of Bane, which is just stupid. I didn't think we ever mentioned oh. that. Oh. Well, they'll bring him back to life. I'm sure, but right now he's the voice in Batman's head, which is always good because he, he needs another voice in his head. He's turning into Moon Knight. He's um, turning into Moon Knight. He's turning yes. into Batman. Right. <laughs> Across the streams at some point. There you gone. Um anyway, so long story short, uh the character that was introduced was supposed to be, I think it was, they were hinting that it was Moriarty or okay. anyway, because then like, was like flashback to Bruce being introduced to someone whose last name was Baker, greatest detective, blah, blah, blah. So I think it was, they were just playing with that. Um, anyway. So the, what was his name? I don't remember. The, the designer, that was his very clever name. Oh, okay. It was not Eve St. Laurent as it turns out. Um <laughs> Uh, turns out the Joker's uh, dream, essentially the Joker killed the guy and had been being him mm. all this time through these years. Um, Cause you know, we don't ever get enough Joker. And so it, in order to stop uh, Joker from taking over the city, Selena goes into, cause what he's going to do is uh, he, he now, he knows that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Oh, by the way, spoilers, kids. I'm I'm too deep into this now. Um, so um, yeah, he knows that Batman is Bruce Wayne. So he goes about wrecking the Wayne Foundation, which is apparently we've never known this before. It's always been presented as this benevolent, you know, Gotham-centric corporation. Well, apparently it's just a shell game, like every other corporation with offshore accounts they use to funnel the money to fund Batman. So. So the somehow through some convoluted Selena gets the money, which is just what Joker wanted her to do because then he has his new Harley Quinn, whose name is punchline and she's at the same place and she captures the money transfer. So now Joker has everything. The Joker takes all of the money, takes the corporation, takes the house, takes the toys. So, so this is where we come into the Joker war. It was, it, it made sense when you're reading it, trying to recap it. I, did not do a very good job but long story short the joker gets all the money so the entirety of the joker war is batman trying to write this 
and come to grips with Alfred's death and with the continued ex- escalation over time of if I take one step, they take two steps and I have to take the third step and how, as we've talked about, how everything is just escalated to the point of ridiculousness. Sure. Within, uh-huh. And why would anyone want to live in Gotham City? And somebody even says that in the course of one of the books, why would anyone live here? Um, <laughs> and so, and, so Selena ends up getting the money back through some other permutations and gives it to Lucius Fox's family. So now Lucius Fox has the Wayne fortune. And that's okay. why Bat, that's why Batman's running out of hovels and halfway houses and hostels now. Um, okay. um, the I, Bat hostel. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's got enough kids hanging around. He can probably use one. It's probably a tax write-off. Uh, <laughs> with all those kids dressed as Robin. Yeah. Tax write-offs. It's like Oliver Twist. <laughs> <laughs> and so, of course, in the course of, of the Joker War, all of the Bat family shows up. You had, except for Damien, because Damien was present when Alfred got killed and wasn't able to do it. So he's out on some, you know, soul searching mission somewhere. But uh, Jason Todd was there, and uh, the, the, the one after him, whose name is escaping me. Jason uh, Todd. Oh. Uh, Timothy Drake. Uh, Dick Grayson was there, but he was mind melded by the Joker for a while. Barbara Gordon was there. Spoiler was there. Orphan was there. Um, and the other one, uh, that's it. And then, oh, Batwoman made an appearance, and and uh, and apparently Harvey Bullock is the commissioner of police in Gotham City. And I didn't know that, but I like it a lot. Okay, yeah, because <laughs> he's a real cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, it was complicated and convoluted, but it and it ends with you know a hopeful note. Batman recognizing his issues and wanting to work toward stalling out the escalation process so maybe we're going to get what we want i think that's just one writer wishfully writing that i don't think dc's ever going to let that happen at this point because that's their bread and butter is the darker grittier grittier darker how can we sell a um a, a crossover this summer well let's blow up gotham again yeah yeah we're gonna move to star city where we're safe <laughs> yeah, it's much safer there right oh god and, and, and doing that reading that you know over the course of a couple of days three days maybe made me made me realize i don't and we probably have talked about this as well but i don't read comics for the most part in the single issue ver- version anymore now yeah and i'm not sure why that is still the format they're presented in why don't you just it can't be Hire the team and do the trade. Exactly. Right? End to end, here's your story. This is what we were hired to give you. We're giving you the whole thing. Here it is. Um, because as a entry-level hobby, uh, comics are prohibitive at this point. Yeah, based on their much. price point. I mean, what are they, four or five oh, bucks? Yeah, yeah. Four, four or five yeah. bucks. Even a digital copy costs the same as a hard copy, which still makes no sense to me because you have no associated sunk cost. You've already yeah. done the work. Those should be less. It, but, yes, they should. It, it, aggravates, a, yeah, they, it aggravates the shit out of me every time I have to pay $4 for a digital comic book, which is why I don't do it. There you go. But uh, So, yeah, I don't know why they don't move away to just self-contain. You can still have continuity, but just present the entire story at once. I mean, it's it's streaming is what it is. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I see that. I, I, I think, though, that... Uh, Okay, but I I think too, I think part of it. Are you going to call me an ignorant slug? Slug? No, 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 no. Bruce, you ignorant slug. No, we are. 
uh, older. Yes. Our time priorities are different. Okay. And so I think that our ability or desire to consume things in one, you know, looks nice on the shelf volume as opposed to six boarded and bagged and easily, you know, I, I just. You're saying our priorities have changed. There we go. There we go. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I get, I get that. I mean, as I, I mean, I, I have a problem with the price point and I've seen it as a detriment to my boys. Getting becoming, people in. Yeah. I mean, they are like, I, you know, I'll tell them, Oh yeah, I used to go to the store with with a dollar. I can get three books. They're like, I can't even get a third of a book. I, it's, they can't. So they've never really been able to no, get into the hobby because yes. they don't have the funds to make it viable for them. And I, and I feel oh, yeah. bad about, I feel horrible about that. I mean, Still only 25 cents, you yeah. know, <laughs> now 30 cents. Okay. Well, okay. That's fine. Now a dollar, but it's direct to you. And then it's like, Oh, we're going to upgrade the printer and the paper and the, and we're going to start like, paying superstar prices to writers and artists. That's, yes. you know, and then all of a sudden, yeah, I, I think, you know, when you're like, this is three ninety nine. <laughs> it's the same length. I mean, if we're, you should at least get some more pages because I know That's you right. have them. And it's still full of ads. Yes. It, it's just like, it's just like watching some of these streaming services. I can watch it for free or I can pay, you know, three ninety nine and get it all ad free. Okay. Well, I'm not paying three ninety nine and still getting the ads. That doesn't seem quite fair. Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I've struggled with this and I, I did as I was reading, like I said, reading the, the Batman, uh, their dark designs and then Joker war to follow up with it. I was like, this is, I mean, with the exception of the, the reboot book that we talked about a couple weeks, a couple episodes ago, which I did buy so I could read it. I mean, that's the only single issue I've bought in a long time, but I only, that's when I do it is if there's, you know, like a, literally it's if there's a reboot or something that I want to just check out how they start it. Mm -hmm. I'll buy that issue. Otherwise, but, I'm going to wait a little while and get get some some tread on the tires and see what you're doing in the bigger picture. There you go. You're not going to get me to buy 52 issues, number one issues, while you're no, doing some no. experiment. And I'm not doing that. I will buy the rebirth. Omnibus. The yeah, or I'll buy the the titles. I might buy one or two sporadic of those that I'm interested in just to see. Because I remember when the new 52 came out, I bought maybe five or six of those because I was just curious, you know. Uh, yeah. And after reading this most recent one, I'm like, yeah, I'm waiting for <laughs> trades. <laughs> Y'all aren't hooking me on any of these. Yeah, the only downside to trades are that, that, that you end up being like, you know, eight months behind the curve. Like yeah. Everybody gets all excited and then you're like, oh, well, yeah, this was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Can we talk about it now? Oh, we're done with that? Okay. Well, so yeah. We moved on? Okay. Oh, to the next reboot? Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, and I, we've talked about my, my because I most of mine I get just as from Check the library. Forever. Yeah, because I'm saving a fortune. Uh, mm -hmm. The $25 Austin charges me for the digital access library card. I made that up in the first month. <laughs> so, you, you know, after that, it's all <laughs> gravy. Um, but so, yeah, my reading is kind of just all over the place as far as continuity at sometimes, because I think mm -hmm. we talked about Daredevil a while back and I was, you know, a decade behind, but whatever, you know, I read it when I find it or I get on a, get on a string yeah, or something. Uh, the last ones I did was the Iron, uh, the Iron Fist Power Man reboot. That one was fun. 
that one was fun. And uh, I, I bought it because the artist, uh, Sanford Green, I, I like that style for him. And I got I love Iron Fist in the Bruce Lee jumpsuit. Yes. You know, with the what? yellow stripes down the side. What a great look. What a what? cool. Look. Why did it take him that long to figure that out when the character was created at the height of Bruce Lee mania? Why did they put the disco collar on him even back then? Yes. No, he's got the giant collar. He still has the two little whippy things. Yeah. Giant collar and the open down to the navel. <laughs> it's a disco jumpsuit. It really is. And it's, and it's like. And no shoes. It's, it's like calf high. <laughs> yeah. It had its own charm at the time, but seeing him kind of like in street shoes with the stripes on the, it's just like, oh, that's. Yeah, it's way better. The, the, <laughs> you just got like, Way oh better. my god, what? But yeah, Here, that I've was got, fun. That was a fun show. Uh, here's here's one. If I don't know if you've ever read it, but if you haven't, I, I can give it the highest recommendation possible for you and anybody who might be listening. Uh, the the Luke Cage series that uh, I'm gonna mispronounce the guy's name, Jindy Tarahovsky, the Samurai Jack guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't. And I, you're right. You're butchered his name. Yeah, I know. I but can't. I'm not gonna I'm do s- any better. So I'm sorry, <laughs> Kennedy. Kennedy, t- yeah, but. it's something like that. Anyway, it's a G and a T. It's a gin and tonic. I don't know, but <laughs> he did this sort of. Uh, it was like a ret- It was set back in the like seventies Luke Cage. So he had the the yellow shirt and the tiara and the chain belt, but it was done with that really kind of wacky um, art art style that he has. Oh, nice! And they dragged in a bunch of those other weird seventies characters, uh-huh. and and there was a there was a Enter the Dragon riff in it. And, and I'm not done yet with the ands. And oh. there was a Dr. Seuss riff in it. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like it's out in trade. It was like four, maybe four, no more than six issues. So it's a slim volume. But okay. that was what I did buy at the local comic shop back when we lived in Pearland. There was a little local shop, and the boys and I were going just to kind of help them, you know, give them some business. And I had read something about that was coming out. So I picked up the first one, and I'm like, Next time we win, I was like, is the second one of this thing out yet? No, man, not yet. I'm like, win, win, I'll be back. I must see. But it was so good. And if you get the opportunity to find that, um, it was so good. Just because okay, it was cool. very retro, very funky. The art style was perfect for the vibe of the book. And it had all these other pastiche elements to it. Uh, pastiche, pastiche, whatever. Um, pastiche, pastiche. Thank you. I knew you would correct me, art boy. Um, so we, <laughs> Let's see, what else did I write down? I wrote down, I just finished, um, I just literally while I was eating dinner before the podcast, finished uh, the uh, trade of the new, the most recent Metal Men series, which brought me, oh. um, brought me to something I wanted to bring up because I, the Metal Men are that one of the, the that in that subcategory of really weird, obscure characters that I love that probably don't deserve the love that I give them. But I remember, I had no, cause, and here's why, because what because I had to go back and find the book. I bought it off of eBay because I remembered there was a book I got when I was a kid. It was a metal. It was when the Metal Men had their own book in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Villain was Eclipso. So right there, you've got the yeah. Metal Men and Eclipso. What the fuck were they smoking? And the <laughs> art was Walt Simonson. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen sketches from that. Yeah, that and would be I, cool. I, one, had that, <laughs> I had that book as a kid, and it's actually the one that we cut up to order my Green Arrow from Mile High Comics because we cut the coupon out. So I did yeah. rebuy it, and I bought, and I only ever had the one part of the two part, so I didn't know how the story ended. So I ended up <laughs> buying both pieces off of eBay so I could have the book and read the ending. But um, so I have this really weird affinity for the Metal Man. So I've read just about everything. Every they're kind of like Moon Knight in that 
every few years somebody gets a wild hair to reboot them oh let's try this with them mm-hmm. and this one was written by dan didio oh really yeah okay. and as a editor-in-chief he's not much of a writer um but um and he and he wrote himself into the book which, which is even the worst part of it like uh, and like really you had him draw you into the book as the bartender really that's that's <laughs> hack man come on anyway i enjoyed the book they, it was a different take on some things it was not my favorite but it was still good so that's the the metal men are kind of my weird obscure character obsession aside from moon Knight, which we've covered <laughs> ad nauseum do you have another one that if it's like oh they're doing that again let's see what they're doing with that character exactly uh that, that was a that, that's what i thought what i thought this you know steve McNiven is like here's my pencils and i'm like oh my god they're rebooting them again but they've, they've gone back to the david finch look okay you know. Uh, not the Stephen Platt where the muscles had muscles and uh, everybody looked like to be just eating steroids by the, the just chucking them down, you know. I, <laughs> yeah, that yeah, you know everything was veiny and liney and, and and you're looking at these physiques going, uh, what the hell? <laughs> you're like in a in a Bugs Bunny cartoon where they draw the hero just muscles and he's like this. That's a Stephen Platt drawing. <laughs> <laughs> well, he got his inspiration from somewhere, clearly. Uh, yeah, hanging out in the gym. <laughs> a little creepy, sitting there sketching uh, the bodybuilders. I don't know. Did you flex more? Yeah. <laughs> hey, flex for me. <laughs> I'll oil you up, yeah. No, it's, uh, I'll make he you might famous. Be, I'll make you famous, yeah. He might be a decent guy, but his his... I remember seeing that first Moon Knight going, wow. And then I started looking at it more and going, that's not right. (laughs) 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 Because your heart would have to be so enlarged to keep that physique all pumped and veiny all all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Why did he die? His heart exploded. (laughs) Why? Because he flexed. He flexed flexed. and his heart exploded. (laughs) His blood pressure was 200 over. His heart and his testicles exploded. (laughs) Why the last panel of Platt's run is midnight lying there with this explosion of blood. It comes from no wound. It's just he's lying there. It's like like he fell out of a puddle of blood and splattered out all around him. <laughs> so do you, so so I take it your answer is still Moon Knight. Huh? Yeah, your answer is still Moon Knight. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> I kind of painted myself into a corner with that one based on how much Moon Knight conversation we have. <laughs> I did want to make another suggestion. Have you ever read Invincible? I have not read it. I started watching the show on um, okay. Amazon. Good, good. Because I've read the the whole series, and they're so far staying very true to the to the spirit of the series. Um, okay. I watched the first three uh, the afternoon after my colonoscopy. It was a good recovery fodder as I lay in the bed, and then uh, and then I watched the other one the other day. And so far, they're doing a really really great job capturing the spirit of that book. And uh, if they do continue, there's going to be lots of twists and turns ahead that you're not going to see coming that are just going to blow you away. And oh, you I mean love- like the Red Wedding and Game of Thrones. <laughs> 
like like uh, if you've read the book you know it's coming yeah <laughs> and everybody's like can you believe it so yeah look yeah yeah this they didn't make it up as yeah, yeah. oh you're one of them no i'm not a, what, a reader a reader <laughs> literate come on man <laughs> yeah no but i they're doing a really good job with that good i'm glad you're watching that and uh we can discuss it some more when we get a little further along but the voice cast they have for that thing is amazing yeah so far so good i'm i'm the animation style, it's kind of that, uh, I don't know. I, I find it to be a kind of generic superhero style, like the Warner Brothers animated movies. I think that's by, by design. Um, okay. I, think it's a, I think it's an actual choice they made because the story, as you're seeing it unfold, as you know, it's a little Spider-Man, a little Superman, a little this, a little that. Um, but so the, the artwork uh, gives it that grounding. Um, I, I think it's by design, but I could be wrong because it, it very much looks like the books did. So, okay. Um, anyway, but uh, I mean, I'm loving J.K. Simmons as Super Dad, by the way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's, he was so born for that. I don't know why it's super, taking this long. Super Psycho Dad. Yes. Well, there's that. Yeah. And there's more to come. Um, all right. So, that, that, that. How are we doing on time? I know you got somewhere you got to be. We doing okay? I got about another. 10 minutes, five to 10, 10 minutes. Okay. Well, we, we'll, uh, we'll, 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 uh, we'll table the discussion of children and their weirdness. We don't want to drive. Yeah. Weirdos. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll table that till next time. We can, we can build a show around that next time. Oh, um, easily, easily, easily. Yes. Um, yeah. So that's everything I had. No, we're talking down. about, okay. So what you got? No, you know, we're talking about, uh, <laughs> talking about books i just started reading a real book for uh first in a long time <laughs> um but it was kind of funny it's like you know you go onto your browser and it'll have all those little teaser stories and stuff sure and this one was uh, uh can wit and being witty be taught right okay and i thought i'm intrigued i thought yeah that was how i felt about it because it's like you know can it be taught you know because uh, i one of the other things that sort of came out in my discussion mm-hmm. was the difference between an introvert and an extrovert. And it doesn't have to, anything to do really with how outgoing a person is, but how you kind of recharge. And introverts, we recharge mostly by just, you know, closing all the doors and the windows and sitting in a dark room by ourselves. Yes. That's, that's yeah. how I recharge and stuff. Very and, familiar and, with that, yes. So I started, we started talking about, you know, in this evaluation about how it was, it was hard for me to relate to certain people because they gave no energy back and you, you spent so much trying to engage them that you're just kind of like going, fuck, not worth it. I, you know, I actually changed my path to the bathroom to avoid uh, these little voids of, of interact, you know, it's like, if I walk by that guy, I'm never getting out of that corner alive, you know, <laughs> if I, and so, you know, you, I've actually walked on the floor, seen where everybody was and then rerouted to get back to my office. Sure. To avoid them. So anyway, so I saw this book on wits End. what is it, how it works and why we need it. And then the, the article was like, can it be learned? But it's all about being witty and creativity kind of a thing and how things link together. Um, What's the name of the book? It's called Wit's End, What Wit Is, How It Works, and Why We Need It. Okay. I will um, put a link to that in the show notes because that sounds very interesting. 
Yeah, I've read a couple parts of it so far. They're like little essays. And the guy, he's like, I was going to write a book on being witty. Um, but I, I started writing like this dry tome about, you know, this guy studies this. And so he has gone back and written each section stylized. So the introduction to the book is like a Alexander Pope poem. Uh, okay. 64 verses and, you know, the rhyming couplets and all that crap. Uh, he did one section on puns, which was great because uh, one of the things that always stood out, I'm going to get all, yeah, we're going to talk about Moon Knight and, and trailer trash type things. And now I'm going to end it on uh, this pseudo we'll, 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 end it, we'll end it on a high note. We got on top. <laughs> yeah, but um, when I was in college, one of our professors talked about the, the, the genius was the ability to link two um, unassociated, you know, find a similarity between two dissimilar ideas. Okay. Right. Sure. And I've always used that, that, that concept to me is like, you know, when you like try and figure out why somebody does something, you know, can you make that leap of imagination? And this has led, unfortunately for me to a fascination with deviant behavior because you can follow the path to like light spanking to this and then there's this giant gulf <laughs> where you're like going, <laughs> I follow the path to like like bondage, but I somehow or another miss all the steps in between to like the leather face suits or the extreme bondage where they've got, you know, they've hooked themselves up to car battery. You know, <laughs> and you're just like, yeah, okay. you know, it's like, apparently I'm just not smart enough to make that final connection. <laughs> you know, I, I get you here, but I, you're, wow, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> okay. So anyway, there, I, I trashed it back again. Anyway. <laughs> I never doubted you for a minute. <laughs> but no, there's a section of the book on puns, which is, is very funny because they always say puns are just cheap jokes and poor humor. But this guy is actually writing. He's like, no. And this is what brought back the whole idea of the leap of imagination or the linking of two dissimilar ideas is that a pun is that you're taking, you know, like the common idea and you're linking it to something, you know, radically different and that that actually takes a leap of imagination or some sort of spark of genius to be able to not only you put that together, but then you communicate it to somebody else who then puts it together and groans because they don't appreciate how fucking smart you are. <laughs> <laughs> but they still get it. So, you know, they're, they're working they, on a similar wavelength. Just a little bit behind. Yeah. You know? yeah. They're in the, they're in the rip curl. Um, right. and, and in all fairness, you don't understand why they're wearing a leather mask when you tell them a joke. <laughs> <laughs> they may, they may actually be laughing and you just can't tell because of the ball gag. <laughs> because of the ball gag. It looks like they're suffocating, but maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, I think I just named this episode because of the ball gag. <laughs> <laughs> Which works because we spent so much time talking about baseball again. Exactly. <laughs> it's a pun. <laughs> oh, God. And see, uh, this is the thing that I'm missing from my, my work is that <laughs> I don't have anybody that if I make a joke like that, <laughs> Yeah, it's wasted energy and it's frustrating as hell. I, I know. Yeah. It's like I could say, tell this joke and then go back to my room because I might as well have just said it to the wall. 
I might as well have been telling it to my toys. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Why do you hey, have so many? Why, why do you have so many toys in your office? Because they get me. <laughs> I need someone to talk to. <laughs> I think I described one of my coworkers as like, "Oh, I can get him to participate." I go, "If I tried hard enough, I can get him to, to jump off a bridge." <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. in all honesty, I don't think I have to try that hard. <laughs> uh, hey, man, you scared of heights? No? Cool, jump! <laughs> <laughs> doing it's like doing, as the song says, like doing slapstick in the kingdom of the blind. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember that one girl that we worked with at Arby's. <laughs> and for you, I will use the monosyllabic words. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, she wasn't that bright. Isn't she the one that ended up going out with Rich? Mm, yeah. I or, think she was after Rich. Okay. I don't remember. Whatever. I think the other you got a talking to for, for talking down to the employee. <laughs> I think Dave took you aside. It's like, Bruce, you can't do that. <laughs> Wait, I don't remember that. Wait, tell me, tell me that real quickly because I've blocked that out. Wait, hold on. I think it was, I, th I think it was this girl, but you, you know, we were how we were. <laughs> <laughs> we still are, as it turns out. Are. And uh, I think uh, she was like a, like Skip's niece or something. She was oh, somehow related. That seems vaguely I familiar. I think she was somehow related. No, she wasn't that bright. And oh, she was like his goddaughter or something. Or yes, some, yes. that's maybe what it was. <laughs> And, and, and you said something and she said, I don't understand. And then you were like, well, that's why I'll just use monosyllabic words from now on. <laughs> and Dave or Sue, one of them said, Bruce, come here. <laughs> I told you not to talk to her like that anymore. Okay, that does sound like something I would have said. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no problem believing I said that and got a talking to you about it. Yeah, that does sound like me. <laughs> I think it was just one of those where they like called you back and then they <laughs> called me back and said, you guys need to lay off. <laughs> and now can you do the manager's work? Cause he can't order inventory. Um, <laughs> he can't count to 12 with his shoes on. Um, He's got his pants down. He's counting to 11. <laughs> or 10 and a half. We don't know. <laughs> And that's the ball gag. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think we're done. <laughs> and scene. All right. That's episode 19 of Slurp Toast, the podcast. Uh, we'll be back next time. And I think we're going to talk trash about our children the next time. But we'll deal with that in a couple of weeks. We'll see you then. Uh, I'm still Bruce. I'm still Steve. And we'll see Bye. you next time, kids. Bye-bye. <laughs> oh, shit.